When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Travis Rogers and John Ireland here on ESPN 710. And, John, you and I were across the street. We were having uh, dinner with our, our colleagues tonight when the news broke not long ago about the death of Vince Scully, as you just heard, 94 years old, 67 years, 67 years as the voice of the Dodgers. And this is it, – it's, it's extraordinary uh, life. It's an extraordinary career and it was somebody that has narrated our, you know, my entire life, every summer, every Dodger game that I've ever heard, and just an incredibly sad news that he has passed at 94 years old. Probably the most iconic broadcaster in Los Angeles history, and I'm not just talking about sports, Travis. I, I think that Vin Scully, as you articulated, was the soundtrack for – all of us in Los Angeles, for as long as any of us can remember. Yeah. Um, this was a guy who started with the Dodgers in the 1950s. In Brooklyn. Moved here when they moved here. And until just a few years ago was basically everything we knew uh, about the Dodgers came from Vin. And we're going to open the phones here. 877-710-ESPN. 877-710-3776. My dad used to tell me, Travis, that Vince Scully was the best storyteller that that was out there. It wasn't just him describing baseball. You learn something every time you listen to Vin. And this isn't a shock. He was 94. Mm -hmm. But he seemed almost unstoppable. (laughs) Well, it's, it I, I really thought he was going to live to be 100. I, I wouldn't have been surprised either. It, it was you were listening to a man in his early 80s and then his mid 80s and then his late 80s. And he still sounded like he was somebody in his 30s and 40s who was at the, the peak of his powers. And, you know, it's funny when you're talking about what your dad said, that he was the greatest storyteller of all time. And I'm certainly not going to argue with that. I don't know if there's anybody that's done anything that has been better at what whatever it is, whether it's medicine or art or broadcasting or school teaching or whatever it is, that was better at their chosen line of work than he was at his. That he was at the pinnacle of what he does. That And we're spoiled because we, you and I both grew up in Southern California. We grew up in Los Angeles. We got to listen to him for our entire lives. But this was not just an L.A. thing. It, it, it's more of an L.A. thing than it is everywhere else. But this is somebody that you heard. On the Masters, this is somebody that you heard on NFL football. This is somebody that you heard right called on, Dwight uh, Clark's catch. Absolutely, he was the he was the voice of the catch in, in the back of the end zone. This is somebody that everybody knew. You know, when when you're growing up out here, you hear about Vince Scully, you listen to Vince Scully, you just think that everybody has their version of this. Nobody had their version of this. There was only one Vince Scully. Uh, Clinton Yates is here. Better Durant's here. As Travis mentioned, we were all having a staff dinner tonight when I got a text from my wife about 20 minutes ago that Vin had passed. And word is spreading fast. Beto, I'll start with you. You grew up in Southern California. The, one of my favorite things that I get to tell people is that 
I actually got to talk to Vince Scully and say hi to him, and you you saw him more than I did. Yeah, so for many years I was the beat reporter here at ESPN LA, and you go into the Vince Scully press box at Dodger Stadium. And one of the coolest things that I always tell people is I never had a conversation with Vin because I was so scared to actually have that conversation. <laughs> sure. But he always had the conversation with you because I would get there for a 7 o'clock game like at 3 o'clock, and he'd walk in with his wife, and he'd always come by and say, hello, how are you doing? And you know, I'd have my fa- my body facing the field, and he'd walk behind me, and it was like three, four of us, maybe the beat writers, and just like I want to say, "Hey, Vin, how's your day going?" And it was just that <laughs> nod of like, "Uh, yeah." And the nicest man, super nice. But what I always tell people the story about Vin that's cool for me is when the national anthem would happen, he'd always leave his booth, and he would walk out from his booth to where Nancy B. Hethley was at. The organist. The organist. And he would hum the national anthem. And one day I finally did ask, why do you hum? He said, because that's me relaxing my vocal cords. Humming the national anthem was him relaxing his vocal cords from the walk from his booth to Nancy B and back. That was the time that he had for himself. He said, because after once the game starts, I'm never leaving my booth. And you're right. He never left to go to the bathroom. He never did anything. And just little details like that were just so cool for me. Of all the things I've done in my career, I wasn't around for Chick, but it just being in that area around Vin, it's just so cool. To to kind of lend some light on how good Vin was, Clinton Yates is here. Clinton, you did not grow up in Los Angeles, but you knew who Vin Scully was because he kind of transcended his regionalism. He, if, when he went to the network, everybody kind of got to know what we already knew, and that's when you got him. If there was such a thing as encyclopedia still, Travis and you looked up play-by-play broadcaster, you'd have a picture of Vin Scully. Sure. That was the whole thing. And you pointed out one of the things at Dodger Stadium that to me is most impressionant is that floor Mm -hmm. where the Vin Scully media room is, you get the history. You get the trunks going back to Brooklyn. We're talking about things that are far larger than Los Angeles. My man was in New York City when the Dodgers were to think about that. You don't get a chance. Clinton, he started his first year with the Dodgers was 1950, you before anybody in this room was born. Mm-hmm. You don't get a chance to see people who have played, seen that many things, never mind did it for that long. And that is what the breadth of the storytelling really showed a lot of, Travis. This dude was everywhere, and he had been there from the jump. You knew that about him. You knew that about his history. And you knew that about how much he cared about what he was talking about. You know, it, it's interesting because – there are guys that do things for a long time that you hear a long time, you see for a long time, you see them on TV, you see them, you know, listen to them on the radio, whatever it might be. They're around a long time. You don't feel like you know them. You felt like you had an intimate mm-hmm. relationship with this person. And and I think part of it was is that, you know, especially on the radio and, and later on when every game was on television, it was just him. He, yeah. he he was he was by himself, and he was talking. He was to, better by himself he, for, than for sure. he would have been with but anyone else. He was else. talking to you. He was talking yeah. to you, Beto. He was talking to you, Clinton. He was talking to me, and it wasn't this sense that you you know he was describing it to everybody else. He felt like he was just describing it to you, and he had this incredible intimacy to go along with this very big intellect and this unbelievable gift on how to describe things along the way. But you know, Beto, it's I I, I loved your story because. I've been doing this for a long time. I never met him. I, I, I never had the chance to introduce myself, to go up and say, you know, to, to tell him yeah. what we're talking about right now, how much he meant to me listening to Dodger games, how much I, I realized, ooh, that's a thing that you can do in this world. And I've still 
feel like I know the man because yeah. I listened to him for 40 plus years. And my dad listened to him his entire life. It, it's this unbelievable run and, and an intimate thing, even with people that never got a chance to meet him, that he was able to connect with you people You know, like we that. never heard the same story twice. I know. And even if we did, it was in different variations. It never felt like it was the same story. And right now on Spectrum Sports Net, they have Vince Gilday 1927 to 2022 on the game. And, you know, Sports Center has broken into it and everybody's talking about it on Twitter. This is this is awesome what we're doing right now is having the show for the fans to be able to go. And, you know, you may have never met him, but he was your family. The guy He's the first voice you had. For yeah. a play-by-play baseball broadcast, everybody that impersonates is him. Unbelievable! It's time for Dodger baseball base, yeah. on a basic level. I remember when I came out here when I first met Greg Bergman, as a matter of fact, and I was at Dodger Stadium, and I posted a post that said, "It's time for Dodger." And I had Nats fans <laughs> tell me, "I said, well, here's what you're not going to do. Right. You're not going to disrespect <laughs> Vin Scully and his tagline." And I only say that because. That is a rarity, as you said, John, in the culture of broadcasting entirely, never mind sports alone. Greg Bergman, who produces my show, Mason in Ireland. Um, Greg, I don't think you'll be mad at me revealing this. You've mentioned on the air before. You actually have a Vin Scully tattoo. He was that much a part of your upbringing. Um, you knew this was coming. He's 94. What are you feeling tonight? Uh, I am incredibly sad right now. I have. We've talked about it on the air before that I don't cry. And this is the closest that I've been to actually crying for anything since Kobe passed away just a couple of years ago. This is uh, an, a very emotional thing for me. I He created my f- Dodger fandom. Without him, I would not become a Dodger fan because it, he just really he pulled you into everything that he did. And now to hear all this, it's, it's incredibly, incredibly sad. The one memory that I'm going to have of him, and it's not the best one for me, it's when you guys had him on the air one time and we were recording him. And I, got, I went to go pick up the phone to go talk to him and say, hey, thanks very much for coming on to Mason Island. And somehow I hung up on him. Oh. <laughs> so my closest well. memory to being around him is, was hanging up on a legend. And, uh, you know, but and it, he but probably like apologized said, to you, Greg. He probably, if, if I would have called him back, he would have. done something wrong, you know, I apologize. Let me call you back. Over the years, um, we, had, we had him on, I think, only three times, and all three times it was never to talk about him. It was one time Bob Miller had oh, yeah. finally won the Stanley Cup. Bob had been mm-hmm. a broadcaster sure. thing, and we, I, I reached out. Brad Zager, who's now the head of Fox Sports, Brad is in charge of all of Fox Sports, used to be Vin's producer. And I reached out to Brad, and I said, um, hey, do you think he would come on to surprise Bob? And Brad, he goes, that's something he would probably do. Um, if it's not about him, he's not going to talk about himself. But let's, and, and we literally we had Bob in studio celebrating the Stanley Cup. I go, we got a surprise caller on line one. And he goes, well, I can't wait to congratulate my friend Bob. And Bob was blown away. Nice. He, couldn't, he couldn't believe it. Uh, there, 877-710-ESPN, if you want to react to the death of Vince Scully, which, again, we're not – he was 94 years old. This was this was a day we all knew was coming. We certainly didn't know it was coming tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, here's Stephen in Hollywood. Hey, Stephen, you're on 710 ESPN. Hi. Hi, guys. Sad, sad day. I just wanted to make this uh, real quick. It's just the one thing that uh, everything you guys uh, touched on is just his voice, his the etiquette he brought. But I implore everyone to go listen to how Vin broadcasted and narrated the benches clearing 
uh, um, situations that the Dodgers had. He did. He brought a benches clearing situation to a, a formality and a, a, a calm demeanor that was that you. It kind of made you feel a little bit at ease about okay, this is not going to be that such a big problem, but it's going to be more or less of a um, thing just explaining to me how the these people are going to be interacting with each other and who's going to be like it wasn't so much of a, a brawl anymore it was more of just like a okay let's break this down and dissect it and the way he did that with his diction was unbelievable and, and i just had to say that i implore everyone to go listen to his um his calm demeanor on those situations well steven, well, steven that's a great call and thank you for calling it's um it's extraordinary because he's talking about a brawl that he narrates right, right. and we all there there's so many famous calls and we're going to play some of them for you coming up here in just a little bit it was the benign moments that were extraordinary. <laughs> yeah. It's when it wasn't Kirk Gibson hitting a home run or, or Sandy Koufax throwing a uh, perfect game. It was when he's just talking about some guy who did this thing in college or grew up in this place. And, you know, we could all tell the story, and it would be something that you may or may not remember. But he's able to tell these stories about the most benign things, and they were extraordinary. Well, when he would talk compelling. about the little kids in the crowd, right? Oh, look at that baby right there, like a toddler in the crowd or when he would how many of us have not wanted a farmer john hot dog because <laughs> of most in quality westernmost in flavor see, right there you know <laughs> there the tagline yeah exactly yeah. those little mundane things i don't know how many games that i watched at olympic stadium with the expos in august where he would hand it off to Don Drysdale mm-hmm. in the eighties because that's what i would watch Don Drysdale. Was, yeah, yeah because it would be vin to don Drysdale on tv Working by themselves. Like, people talk about Jerry Doggett. I don't remember Jerry Doggett. I remember, I remember Jerry Doggett, Do- Ross Porter, Don Drysdale. Yeah. yeah. It was these games in, because I remember in August, for some reason, the 4 o'clock games, they were on Channel 11 here sure. in L.A. And at home, you know, there's a bunch of kids. You can't watch everything. 4 o'clock games? My dad wasn't home yet. We could still watch it. All right, cool. It would be the, all the games with the AstroTurf with Olympic Stadium. And that's all like Gary Carter, like yeah. all those Expos teams. The Pirates and then the Phillies. And it was just the turf fields of how – and he'd always talk about the weather, and it's like – that's how I learned humidity from Bill Scully. <laughs> right. The man saw Jackie Robinson play. You know what I'm saying? Like, I he just, ice skated with Jackie yeah, Robinson. Yeah, one, Beto, it's I so just, funny. One of the all-time great stories is him talking about racing oh, Jackie yeah. Robinson. Yes, on I just and came Vin, back from the Jackie Vin Robinson could, Museum in New York. Vin's in that museum. I'm <laughs> well, like, this is amazing. Clinton, Vin could skate. He grew up in New York, went to sure. Fordham. Jackie grew up in Pasadena <laughs> right. and didn't know how to skate. Somebody found him a pair of skates, and Jackie said to Vin, I'll race you. And, Vin, and that's what that great picture is that you're right. talking about in the thing. Right. Um, Trev, I, 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 to let you know what an impact Vince Scully had on everybody, mm-hmm. this is a call that everybody remembers. This is Game 1, 1988 World Series, last play of the game. So the Dodgers are down to their last out, Game 1 of the World Series. And look who's coming up, Kurt Gibson with two bad legs. You talk about a roll of the dice. This is it. High fly ball into right field. She is gone. 1988. So we're talking 44 years ago. 
I'm 41 years old. And the hair on my arm is standing on its end. Yeah. Well, you heard and it's the because sim- of the call as much as it is because of the home run. Well, you heard the simplicity of everything he worked into that call. Gibson coming up with two bad legs. Two bad legs. This is the roll of the dice. She's gone. And by the way, Beto, this she is She some- is gone. Yeah, this is something you talked about. You know what he did after he said that? He walked to the back of the room. He poured himself a cup of coffee and let the crowd react. And then he said this. He goes, in a year that has been so improbable... The impossible has happened. And when I had to call the Lakers championship in the bubble, I had no idea what I was going to say. But I had heard that call earlier in the week, the one you just played. And what came out of my mouth, and I give Vin full credit for this, and I I think he has made an impression on every young sportscaster in the country in some one way or another, and this is how he did it to me. I said – it was, you know, it was the end of COVID. Everybody was locked down. We were all quarantined. And I just what came out of my mouth was, in a year, almost all of us wanted to forget. The Lakers give us something to remember forever. Mm. That's that's basically plagiarism. Okay. <laughs> I, I didn't know it. Good. Yeah, it's yeah. good plagiarism. I didn't know yeah. it but at the time. But he was just so great. Well, at well, stories. Another, it, it, here's it, another thing that I thought about that you guys all appreciate. So in 2015, he was given the Presidential Medal of Freedom uh, by President Obama. Yeah. And one of the people that was also given the Presidential Medal of Freedom that day was Bruce Springsteen. And uh, the uh, the great John Suhu, who's the Dodger photographer, has been forever. Beto, you and oh, I have yeah, known, fantastic. known John for years, was at the White House and took a picture and he tweeted it out. He said, the boss with Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> ah, a picture of Ben nice. you, you and Bruce. You could give guys a million years to come up with something that he can find in the moment, and that is perhaps the greatest gift that he had of all, and he had a whole bunch of them. I mean, it wasn't just the voice. It wasn't just the ability to tell stories, to find the perfect turn of phrase. It was all of these things. Let's take a very quick break. Let's come back. Let's take some more of your phone calls. 877-710-ESPN. 877-710-3776. We're celebrating the life of Vince Scully, who died today at 94 years old on 710 ESPN. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Game right now is at the plate. High fly ball into right field. She is gone. In a year that has been so. 
There's that call, John, that you were talking about. Just a, a perfect moment for a, a perfect moment. It was the call for the home run by the perfect guy. And it's, uh, it's just it's terribly, terribly sad. Like you mentioned, 94 years old. An incredible run. I think it's a run that any of us would have loved to have had, but it doesn't make it any less sad. Vin Scully died earlier tonight, 94 years old, 67 years as the voice of the Dodgers. And Beto, he worked until he was almost 90. I think he worked till he was 89. And he could have kept going if he wanted to. Oh, sure. Uh, Remember everybody kept saying, oh, we want you to do the playoffs. playoffs." He's like, no, my time has passed. Ever the gentleman about it and just keep going. I didn't, when I hear that call, the 88 World Series, I was 10 years old. I remember jumping up and down, right? I didn't know until years. By the way, that call was on TV. Yeah. He was doing that game so for NBC I didn't on know television. Until years later. Everybody's like, oh, Joe Buck this, Joe Buck that. I didn't know that there was a radio call. I didn't, Jack Buck. His oh, dad Jack Buck, was the yeah. call. Yeah. So I, I didn't know that there was a TV. And a, I'm 10 years old. I don't know the difference. And then yeah. I get into the business. I'm like, oh, I was like, what did Jack Buck do at the World Series? Because <laughs> like, I just thought Vin did everything because well, that's what he did. You're not wrong, Beto. How about this? He called 25 World Series. Wow. He called 20 no-hitters. Wow. He called 12 All-Star games, and that's just kind of a very short rundown of his baseball resume. He called NFL football. He called PGA Tour golf. He did college football. He, he I was remember the, voice the golf. Of everything that you could Because think the first of. time I ever watched golf, I'm like, wait, wait, that's the Dodger guy. That's the guy. Dodger guy. So, he, so I'm 43, going to be 44. So I remember this is what the Dodger, he, he would be on Channel 11. And then on Saturdays, he would be on Channel 4 with Joe Garagiola. Mm-hmm. Or I think sometimes Jim Cott. Mm-hmm. I didn't quite get it. I'm like, wait a minute. How come the Dodger guy is on? He's doing national games. I, I'm, a, well, I'm a little kid. I didn't know that world of what he's going on. But then, wait, wait, Sunday, he's doing golf. Like, yeah. That, well, Trev, you pointed golf. out that he, he not only did golf, he did football. And, Greg, one of the most famous football plays in history. You know, we look at the Niners now as a team that had Joe Montana, right, you know, that dominated the 80s. But it all started when they finally knocked off the Cowboys. They couldn't get past the Cowboys. And there's something in San Francisco called the catch, where Montana found Dwight Clark. Vin Scully was doing that football game on TV. Here's what it sounded like. Looking, looking, throwing in the end zone. Um, he also, Trav, ca- called some of baseball's greatest moments that weren't necessarily Dodger sure. highlights. For example, Don Larson, remember, Vince started in 1950 through a perfect game in 1955. You want to hear what young Vin sounded like? This is it.
baseball game ever played. In 1947, Phil Bevins came so heartbreakingly close to pitching a no-hitter and didn't do it. But no man has ever pitched a perfect game in a World Series. Only one perfect game has ever been pitched, but that was in the course of the regular season. But when you put it in a World Series, you've set the biggest diamond in the biggest ring. And so hats off to Don Larson. No runs, no hits, no errors, no walks, no base runners. The final score, the Yankees two runs, five hits and no errors. The Dodgers no runs, no hits, no errors. In fact, nothing at all. There are so many things at that that are extraordinary. Number one, like you mentioned, that is young Vin Scully. He is a right. young man at that point. Five years, he's in his 20s. It sounds exactly, the voice is slightly different and the audio quality is yeah. what it is yeah. from the time, but that's Vin Scully. Like, it wasn't terribly <laughs> different. Did you guys fast- know that prior to Larson's perfect just, game, there had only a, been one perfect this is, game? This is it. So Details. I think there's, I think there's only been like 12 or 13 ever. Right. But when that one, that's how long has there been that one person had done right. it? How do you have that there? nugget now? Like, right, now we have everything on the internet. We have yeah. everything we figured out. He went, that. that's how prepared he was for that. All I remember right, so in college, in, I, I had to do a Vince Scully paper because once I got into journalism, I'm like, okay, I did a story, I mean, a paper on, uh, Howard Cosell, and I did one on Vin. You remember? You know what his first broadcast ever was? Was it Fordham football or something no. like that? Uh, Red Barber found him at Fordham, okay. and he did Boston College, Maryland at Fenway on the roof. On the roof, that's right. Yeah, and he went up there because the regular broadcaster called in six, so Vin went up there at 45 degrees. It was in 1949, and from there, that's where he got his tape. And Red picked him out to go and eventually become one of the Dodgers. What did John Wooden used to say? Uh, success is when luck meets opportunity. Yep. Yeah, luck is when preparation meets yeah. opportunity. Yeah. Um, so to put something in perspective, when Hank Aaron passed Babe Ruth, it was not necessarily something that everyone was excited about. The sure. country was pretty racially divided. Um, Hank Aaron put up with a lot of racism. But he was an unbelievable player. You can make the argument Hank Aaron's the greatest baseball player ever. Um, and Vin happened to be on the mic in Atlanta when he hit 715 because he did it against the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. Al Downing was pitching for the Dodgers. And the way Vin works this in, talks about the race element without really making it the focus, is pretty stunning. Here's Vin Scully calling Hank Aaron's 715th home run. Aaron waiting, the outfield deep and straight away. Fastball is a high drive into deep left center field. Buckner goes back to the fence. It is gone. What a marvelous moment for baseball. What a marvelous moment for Atlanta and the state of Georgia. What a marvelous moment for the country and the world. A black man is getting a standing ovation in the deep south for breaking a record of an all-time baseball idol. And and by the way... Wow, I've never heard there, that part. There yeah. aren't a lot of guys that could have pulled that off. There, right. There, no. there aren't a lot of he guys... He said that, that on TV? He did. Yeah. It, and, and you could not have pulled that off and had it sound as seamless as he did. They, they Now you would be accused of politics and everything else, and it was just, again, it was the perfect call wow. at the perfect time. Here's Drew in Sacramento. Hey, Drew, you're on ESPN LA. Hi, Drew. Hey, John. Hey, Beto. Uh, it's been a long day, obviously. I'm here in Sacramento for a work trip, but uh, just came from a Rivercats game, the Giants affiliate. 
feel like I just committed adultery and <laughs> and I just heard the news and had to I, I know I'm a sucker man I just bought a river cats hat and everything like an idiot but uh just heard the news and had to tell my dad who's a huge Dodger fan uh probably the biggest thing we've ever bonded about in our lives is the Dodgers and Vince Scully and uh breaking the news to him kind of sucked he just moved to Missouri he's been going to a ton of Dodger games before preparing for that and just I don't know it's breaking the news to him sucked man and I it does Drew guys, I'm, I, yeah thanks I'm for the call. of the uh, state's capital right now just uh trying to look for any kind of inspiration right now man um, all right, thanks for the call, Drew. It is uh, – I'm, I'm watching – Beto, I know you're doing it too. Um, Twitter has – you talk about a Twitter takeover. Oh, my gosh. Every tweet – But it's really cool. – is about Vince Scully. Um, regardless, I mean, I mean, my, the people I follow who are sure. from football, who are from the NBA. That's it, though. It, it had nothing – I mean, he obviously is most well-known for baseball, but this he was not just a baseball person. He was not just a Dodger person. He was not just a guy that was an L.A. person. He was – Everybody e- knows Everybody him. knows One him. of the few broadcasters that nobody complains about. Well, I was going to say, think about this. And, and, and if I you did, care, you had a problem. It, think about this. <laughs> he did it for nearly 80 years, or excuse me, 70 years, 67 years. Have you ever in your life heard someone say something negative no. about him? And even mildly negative. Never. It, it's to go seven decades and not have somebody going, you know, I just don't like it all. Vince, but, it was, yeah. ne- it was, never, it was I, never said out loud. Clint just sent me a tweet right now that said, Vince Scully was inducted into the Hall of Fame in 1982. Mm-hmm. He worked for another 40 years. After, after he got in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, after he got in, um, the... Steve Dilbeck, who's been a writer in Los Angeles for a long time, is um, has written a column for the L.A. Times, and the headline says, Vin Scully will never understand how deeply he's touched us. I think Vin did understand that he had a unique connection to the city, but I don't think that he ever fully realized the magnitude of it. I, he I was think, too humble to really right. embrace that. Like his yeah. last game at Dodger Stadium. It that was so day. simple, and so it was simple. so clean and, and, and just memorable, but it wasn't extravagant. It wasn't – I mean, they obviously treated yeah, it with yeah. a great deal of respect, but it wasn't this, we're shutting everything down, we're making it – it was – he had a little moment before the game, and then he called the game, and then at the end of the game, good night. You know, one of the cool things that I noticed as I progressed being around the game, and Jose Moda, a mentor of mine, showed me for years, he said, watch what happens at 4 o'clock. I'm like, Jose, what do you mean? He's like, this is when you really know things. Vince Scully would always have dinner with the scouts. So whenever he was telling a story about a player, how does Vin know about this Venezuela kid or this Dominican kid? Because he was having dinner with the old school scouts, the guys who had a dip, who had the stopwatch, who had the, the, the legal pad, mm-hmm. and he would have dinner with them, and then he would go and talk to somebody else, and he was always working the Vince Scully press room, talking to somebody, which – he could have easily just been there like, hey, come kiss my ring. It never it felt never like he stopped. was not working. It, no. it, it felt like he had done exactly what you said every night. And look, baseball, it's 162 games, right? There are going to be some nights where you probably feel like, like they're playing the Pirates tonight. I can tell the stories I told the night before. Never. It always felt like he had a new story to tell about a new guy yeah. from a new place. It never felt and like And I would it was watch rehashed. from a distance because I would do my last radio report at like 640, and then I had nothing else to do. I could have gone and done something. I would just sit in the press box and buy the ice cream machine, by the way, because that was the best angle for where Vin would be at. Because <laughs> he would be in the back. Because him and Vinny, uh, Vinny and Tommy and Jaime Harin had a special back room. So I'd kind of just observe from a distance and just see what's going on. And you would see him talking to different people. And one of the cool things, John, I know you'd appreciate this. There was a time where Dick Enberg was doing the Padres at the end of his career. 
Harry Callis was doing the Phillies at the end of his career. And you could hear those voices, and we all became little kids of like, wait a minute, that's Harry Callis from NFL Films? <laughs> that's Dick Emberg right there? And it was just a conversation that they would come out, and you're like, this is cool. I, I just to be in a fly on the wall. All right, we're going to take some more of your phone calls. I know people want to talk about yeah, their a lot of people on hold. We'll get to you next. with Vince Scully eight seven 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 ten ESPN. If you want to get in, go ahead and give us a call. We're celebrating the life of Vince Scully, who died earlier tonight at ninety four years old. We're back in a couple of minutes, right here on seven ten ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the Launch Your Online Shop stage to the First Real Life Store stage, all the way to the Did We Just Hit a Million Orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. There's almost some poetry in the moment. To realize the former Dodger, the good friend of Fernando as a teammate, and it is Pedro Guerrero hitting 294 with the opportunity now to break up the no-hitter. Guerrero hit a looping fly ball to shallow left, dropped by Gibson for an error, fly to center and walked after that. And there goes McGee, and the pitch is hit foul outside of third and down the line, 0-1. So McGee going on the pitch, Fernando intent on getting Guerrero because McGee, with all of his talent, can't steal a no-hitter from first base. McGee has stolen 21 out of 25 with the Cardinals down 6 to nothing. It's not that McGee wants to steal, but the Dodgers don't want to hold him on. Murray is well off the bag, and so McGee figures if you're going to give it to me, we'll get it and take it. The strike one pitch to Pedro Guerrero. Swung on and missed. And the crowd now with more emotion following every pitch. There was a short chant, Pedro, Pedro, as they did in Boston in the 86 World Series to try and taunt Strawberry. And now they're doing it to Guerrero, hoping to distract him, hoping to upset him, hoping perhaps to make him try too hard. Fernando ready in the strike two pitch is hit back to the box dribbling to second Samuel on the bag close to first double play Fernando Valenzuela has pitched a no hitter at 10 17 in the evening of June the 29th 1990 if you have a sombrero throw it to the sky 
How good is that? I mean, come on. It's perfect. It's it you could if you're writing a movie, it wouldn't be better than that. It was perfect. And that look, he said so many things. Every time I listen to these, it kind of brings tears to my eyes all over again. That you know the you know, if you have a sombrero, throw it to the sky, you know it's coming. It still sounds amazing over and over again. But you know what kind of jumped out at me this time, guys? Was the Willie McGee can't steal a no-hitter from first base. What, right. a wonder, what a perfect thing to say. That it, it explains everything that's taking place right there. And that that He's thing describing the chance and the crowd. and the, I mean, just the best ever. Um, I just got a text from uh, Beto. I, I, I can't remember. If, did you read this Adam Amin text? Yeah, Adam Amin from Clinton Yates. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is... Uh, he writes, he's our Mozart, our Picasso, our Da Vinci, for those of us who try and do the job of play-by-play at the highest level, in particular baseball. He's right. Um, they're just, I, I often say, Trav, that I grew up going to sportscaster school, and yeah. I didn't even know it. Yep. I had Vin Scully doing the Dodgers, Dick Enberg doing the Angels, Chick Hearn doing the Lakers, and Bob Miller doing the Kings. Yep. Uh, no wonder I became a sportscaster. <laughs> um, all right, every line jammed. You know, can I, before we take a call, and we're going we're to take a bunch of these, I, it was funny listening to that no-hitter. Have you guys ever had the good fortune to be in the ballpark when a no-hitter was thrown? Once. No. Me too. Never. I was there one time. I saw Atlanta Braves left-hander Kent Merker threw okay. a no-hitter against the Dodgers one night. I happened to go to the game. And it was exciting, and it was fun, and I'll remember it for the rest of my life. But listening to him describe what's happening yeah. in those moments, it wasn't like sitting there screaming. I, it, it's better listening to him set it up and kind of lay the whole thing and out rather than one. standing in the ballpark screaming. And the way that he set that up, the Fernando one, it's iconic. But hearing Fernando being able to say Sonora Mexico over the years. I mean, you guys don't understand how big of a deal it is. You know, we have Jaime Jarrín, legend of his own, Hall of Famer. But to hear... Vince Scully say the proper names and the, uh, the accent the proper way in Spanish. You don't understand how big of a deal that is for the Latino community here in L.A. For Vin to try his best and to go and say that. It's not Pedro Guerrero. It's Pedro Guerrero. Like the way he would say. How many times did we all say San Pedro de Macorís? Because We don't know where it's at. Because, because he said it. Exactly. Yeah, said it. It's where all the shortstops come yeah, from. Exactly. <laughs> that little detail right there, Vin, respecting Latino culture, that's also huge for us. All right, let's get some of these calls going. Here's Jason in Indianapolis. Hey, Jason, you're on 710 ESPN. Hi. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking the call. Born and raised in L.A. Um, so just, you know, I moved to college at the Naval Academy 21 years ago, and I've uh, just been deployed all over the world. And, and, you know, Dodger baseball is home. And so whether it's staying up to one in the morning on an app, you know, we've been blessed with technology. But just listening to the Dodgers all these years, I mean, it, it just it reminds you of home. It reminds you of, you know, your mom pulling you out of school on opening day. I've been <laughs> describing, you know, Nomo, Nomo mania. I mean, everything that I grew up, I mean, even tonight I'm talking to people I haven't talked to in five years and we're all just crying all over the world, all over the country. And it's just, uh, you know, he unifies L.A. and, uh, when we won in 2020, you know, first thought, thank God. Second thought was, man, I'm so happy they won, you know, title while he is still with us because, um, you know, everything great about L.A. and everything great about the Dodgers, it's been, you know, in the storytelling and falling asleep to him on the radio every night. Just it's followed me my whole life all over the world and just really appreciate it, guys. Thanks for what you do. Thank That's you, great, Jason. Jason. Thanks. Uh, here's Dan downtown. Hey, Dan, you're on ESPN L.A. Hi. Dan, you there? Hi, gentlemen. Yeah, go ahead. Thanks for having me. I just want to say thank you, Beto Duran, for being such an inspiration. Thank you, John Ireland, for being such an inspiration. And thank you, Vince Scully, for being such an inspiration for all young men. Um, He was the total 
perfect example of how a young man should conduct himself. Yeah, we lost well, him there. It looked, like, it looked like he was in a civil defense uh, thing there. <laughs> hey, here's, a, here's Alan Oda, who writes a oh, yeah, radio Alan, yeah. column and is has taken the time to call in. We appreciate you doing that, Alan. I, Alan, I would imagine you met Vin more than once, right? Uh, actually, yeah, a couple times I got a chance to actually interview the man. And what was funny was that when I did the interview, I mean, I was shaking in my boots. Sure. I mean, I was so nervous. I was perspiring. In about five minutes, I felt I was talking to a friend. He is just—he was just so down to earth, and just so humble. It was such a delight just to to have both uh, met the man and be able to, uh, yeah, just to be able to chat with him. So uh, the I have a quick, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, if you got a story, go for it. Okay, so I got a quick story. So at the end of the interview, I mentioned that my parents were in great admiration of him because during Nomomania, once in a while he would talk to the Japanese broadcasters. And he's talking Japanese. I said, my parents are impressed by that. And I, I asked him asked about it. And he says, well, we went to Japan in 1956 with the Dodgers. He got a little dictionary and decided to learn some words. He was still able to remember it yet 20, 30 years later. So I uh, went ahead, took my picture with him. And then um, as I left, he says, make sure you say hi to your parents for me. Right? Huh. Yeah, for Sunday, do it with my parents. I mentioned just casually, oh, Ben Scully says hi to you. What? How do you meet Ben Scully? Right? <laughs> Showed him the picture, right? For 15 minutes, I was the favorite son. After that, I went back to my brother. But for 15 minutes, <laughs> very good, Alan. Very good. Yeah, Thank you for great. taking the time to call in. It was just a delight to meet the man, and uh, yeah, I'm very sad, but at the same time, I celebrate. Just, just yeah, just one of the for most sure. amazing. Well, you know that, Alan. Not that's actually an amazing broadcast. You're an amazing person. Yeah, that's actually a really great point. We, you know, we had him. For 67 years, it's Crazy. hard to say we didn't take full no, advantage he, he, of we him. Got, we got the most out of it, and he, and he got the most out of it, right? It, it's funny to hear him tell that story about how he read some words out of a, an English-Japanese dictionary back in the 50s, and he's able to pull these words yeah. out years later. That It's one thing to have just this massive information at your fingertips. It's another way to be able to integrate it so seamlessly, like you're talking about, Beto, with the pronunciation of, of certain names in yeah. certain places and do it authentically and not sound like you're trying to shoehorn it in, that he was just able it to connect with with people, Japanese people, Mexican people, yeah. you know, p- people. Italians, from, the Pope. It didn't matter. <laughs> it, it didn't matter that where, wherever you were coming from, he made you feel incredibly comfortable and welcome. You know what, what I noticed about him, though? Once again, watch it from a distance. This is one of I've never taken pictures with people, and I never would, but uh, I got a picture from my son's mother who sent me a, hey, remember when we took a picture with Van? I'm like, no. Like, my son was probably four, my daughter was just a newborn, and my sister's also in the picture. Like, these, he's in the outside of the Vin Scully press box, (laughs) came and made sure to take a picture with the kids. He's like, oh, you're not in the picture? I took the picture. My dumb self should have been in the damn picture. But like, I don't have anything there. But it's just those kind of moments where he made everybody. That's the thing. John, you've been around a lot of people who have an aura and a presence, right? Yeah, no, like no nothing West, like him, Magic though. has it. But Vin had that. Uh, like debonair regal presence where like he like almost like he's floating well it's funny you say that Beto, because john because i mean he was 94 years old so he is from a different era right and sure. an era that was a little bit more formal than we're in right now but he was of his time but not out of place in this time he, his suits he was were always per- on point he was perfectly comfortable ha- there's a in cool this pi- century there's a cool picture from him at vero beach where he has a ferragamo belt and gucci loafers <laughs> and always on point 
and his outfits were always right, always on point, no matter what. It was just never, it never felt like there was somebody who was like, okay, time to go. like you know Harry Carey at the end was like, hey Harry, like put the Budweiser down. Hey, I'm look, like, no. you're 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 on it, right? That there is a time for a lot of people. It's like, okay, that's enough. It's it, never. There was there yeah. was never. Nobody that ever got, I, I would turn to go. you guys. I would listen to it when the game was eleven to nothing, sure. just so I could hear the stories. Here's Wayne in West Covina. Hey Wayne, you're on ESPN LA. Thank you, and a very pleasant good evening to both to all of you. <laughs> oh, well, appropriate phrase I, tonight. Yes, I, uh, I'm, uh, I'm going to be seventy, and I've been listening to Vin Scully since 1966 when I started following baseball. And uh, as a guy who has no vision, I'm telling you, he was absolutely great. Wayne has called uh, has called our station before, and Wayne, I took it as the highest compliment. Uh, that anyone's given me when you told me that you were able to follow the Laker games when Michael and I called them, but I would oh, imagine yes. I would imagine we were uh, very much competing for second place. I think Vin was um, as good of a storyteller as we've ever had, not just in sports but in like news. I mean, he could have been he could have hosted sixty minutes oh, sure. if he wanted to. Well, John, it's funny, that Wayne. I, thank I think, you for the call. I hope you're doing well. I, we're talking about oh, Wayne. Thank you. Thanks very much. You know, I almost met him once, but Where? it it couldn't it couldn't be. I I I gave a nurse in the uh, Dodger Stadium infirmary. I told her that I was a broadcast student, which I was at Los Angeles City College at the time, and. She, she, so she wrote a letter to the press box, and he told me to try. Benny called me to try and come up to the press box after the game. So I go back to my seat. I'm on cloud seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, and twelve. I'm going to meet Vin Scully. All of a sudden, I realize I can't do it. I have to take the bus home. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. oh, no. Life got bus. in the way. Life got I, yep, take, that's right. Thanks, Thank Wayne. you, Wayne. Appreciate that. There's, I believe it was on Bob Costas' old show, uh, maybe it was his HBO show or later, where he was interviewing Ray Charles, and it turns out that Ray Charles really loved baseball, right? And and, and Costas asked him, how did you ever, you know, f- find that you loved baseball? He goes, Vin Scully. That yeah, wow. Vin Scully made, the, like, like you were talking, John, it made him it, the game come alive, that even though he couldn't see it, he could see it because of the way that Scully would describe the action. You know what a lot of players would always say is it wasn't officially – until Vin said your name on a broadcast. Sure. I think Kevin Pillar recently said that, like, I get to play for the Dodgers. That's where Vin Scully would broadcast on stuff like that. A good friend of mine, Cesar Ramos, uh, pitched at Long Beach State, played a little bit in the major leagues, Angels and Rays, but he was in spring training his final year with the Dodgers freeway series, and he comes in to pitch. Oh, here's Cesar Ramos from El Rancho High and Pico Rivera, (laughs) and his parents are watching at home, and Cesar, not big on social media, Vin Scully said my name on the broadcast tonight. Just those, how many players, and at the, his final season too, how, so many players would go up to see him in the broadcast booth, and it was just cool to see it. But back to uh, the caller, I think it was uh, Wayne. Said, Wayne, at the end where Vin would get out of the broadcast, he, he would say goodbye, and then immediately go to the elevator, uh, and it was waiting for him. And if the game ended right at time, you can be in the same elevator as Vin, where they would take the media down low, and then they would take Vin to where he had to be at. I could have easily take the escalator down <laughs> and been in the clubhouse first, or I can wait no. another five minutes yeah, to go with Vin. Yeah, got to do it. And then no Vin chance. would always talk to one of the old school AP writers 
Well, we had that game. Vin would take his jabs, too. Don't don't, 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 don't trip people. Vin will will let you know when it was a four-hour game. He was born in 1927. You've heard heard all that stuff about the 27 Yankees, Ruth, Garrick, all those dudes. Vin was born in 27. Here's Robert um, on line four. Hey, Robert, you're on ESPN LA. Hi. Hey, John, how are you? Good, Thank sir. you guys for taking my call. Sure. Um, I actually had the opportunity to meet Vince Scully one time back in uh, 2016, so his final year with the Dodgers. He uh, he came to uh, a company that I was working for at the time and did a speaking engagement, and uh, he was only scheduled to speak about maybe 45 minutes to an hour. Got there two hours early to meet all of us, and signed whatever we wanted and still stood an hour after to talk to us each individually one-on-one. So I always, you know, uh, here in my house, I have a nice picture framed with him and a nice baseball. Uh, That's great, Robert. Thank you for taking the time to call in. Appreciate your memories. To to Robert guys that, and and Robert is just one of, of many people that I feel like this, him meeting them, him taking a picture, him signing whatever. It's just yeah. they remember forever. And, and this, this is what he, I think, you, to your point, John, earlier, he was fully aware of the impact he had on people. He didn't take it for granted, but it was just this understanding that this is something that they're going to remember for a very long time. And he took the time to do it. Not everybody does. I remember uh, my statistician for the Laker games is the great Doug Mann, who's been a statistician for 40 years in Los Angeles. And for many years, he was working with Vin. And we're going to – Greg and I may try and get Doug to come on the Mason and Ireland show tomorrow. Um, the <laughs> – one day I'm doing a Laker game, and we're in a timeout, and Doug's – he sits right next to me, to my right. He's slipping me notes during the game all the time. And I look down on his phone. You know, you can see somebody else's phone. And it says, Vin Scully. <laughs> oh, that's a flex. And, oh, that's he, a flex. and he looks at me, and I look at him. I went, if you don't answer that, you're a bigger <laughs> idiot than I thought, man. And he goes, thanks, thanks. And he answered it. And, he, and, and Doug was great. Doug goes, hey, Vin, I'm in the middle of a game. Can I call you after? He's like, yeah. I go, Doug, don't talk to me as long as you want. Leave you're Ireland there. there. I don't care. Yeah, you know? Both free throws good. Yeah. <laughs> and Doug's talking to Vin Scully. That's incredible. Uh, here's Mark in Huntington Park. Hey, Mark, you're on ESPN LA. Hi. Yeah, oh, man. So it, it, we got to celebrate life, and it's a it's a great honor to have Vince Scully in, in the greats. And like I said, um, I always appreciate you, Ireland, for the last couple of years calling games. And look at the the fountain of youth here in LA now, right? You got Joe Joe Davis, the young kid from uh, the Clipper Raider announcer. Yeah, Noah Eagle. He's really good. And uh, then the fountain of youth, man, it's, it's just gonna live up here in LA. It's going to be exciting times, and it's just kind of celebrate, but we've got to uh, look at the Fountain of Youth, and the next couple of years, LA is going to be all right. Man. Well, all, uh, yeah, make no mistake, and thanks for the call, Mark. All of us Great are – Billy Mack and me yeah. and, and Joe Davis and, and uh, Alex Faust at the Kings yeah. and, and Noah, we're all walking on the road that Vin paved. Um, he's the one that made radio so everybody here. Everybody is, even cool. the Hall of Famers. If, if you guys do yourself a favor. Go to YouTube and type in John Miller, Vince Scully. John Miller, legendary Hall of Fame broadcaster for the Giants. He does a Vince Scully impersonation. (laughs) And as he said, we all start off as baseball broadcasters trying to sound like Vin because everybody 
heard him. Everybody heard him, and everybody tries to do it until you, you don't realize, know you're doing I, I can't do that. But you don't know you're doing you, it. You're trying it, and it's like, this doesn't this Well, it's doesn't like that story me. I talked about when I called yeah. the end of the Laker game, when they won the title. It's like, where did I get that? I got it from Vin. You How know, many he, of he was us teaching us when you didn't even for no know. Reason, right? right? Every day, you know, two and two, two outs, yeah. deuces, deuces wild. wild. Every time, it's just those little things that kind of you don't worm their way in your head. John, I learned this from you, too. I didn't know that across the country that there's homers. Because when you grow up in L.A., Chick lets you know the team sucked. Vin lets you know his team was bad. Bob Miller and even Dick Ember back in his day, you they were straight to the point. I didn't know that a homer existed until I heard of Steve Stone with the Cubs or whatever <laughs> later on. But because yeah. they were Hawk so— Hawk Harrelson. Right. Put it on the board. Because right. they were so down the middle neutral with it. So when Vin was doing an NBC Game of the Week or the playoffs, it didn't sound like You wonder if that's a function of the time, right, where he would be doing national games on Saturdays, and then he's back with the Dodgers for a period of time, and he's back in national, and he's kind of always having to walk the, the middle of the road. But as a Dodger fan, you always felt like he was on your side. Yeah. But to your point, Beto— it always felt like you were getting the straight stuff. Like you were getting the and he best. would have great yes. he would have great stories about the other team. Yes. yes. Um here's the Mark Empire stories. Yeah, here's Mark in Beverly Hills. Hey Mark, you're on ESPN LA. Hi. Hey John. Uh my dad produced Vin's talk show for NBC nineteen sixty nine and his game show for NBC in nineteen seventy one. What was Mark and, uh, what was the what was the game no show? It's called It Takes Two. No kidding. I had no and, idea. Uh, yeah, I didn't either. Detail, yeah, details. On, uh, the network had it at 12 o'clock uh, in L.A., 1 o'clock on the East Coast. Uh, they shot it at Burbank. Uh, and I met him on numerous occasions, obviously, with my dad. And as a, how old was I, 16-year-old kid, he was the nicest guy, just absolutely down to earth. Uh, but what I, want, I really wanted to say is the first time people ever heard Vin Scully's voice here in Los Angeles was right here on this frequency. No uh, kidding. The first spring training game the Dodgers did in 1958 on uh, 710. Didn't know. The Dodgers station from 58 and 59, the Cowboy and O'Malley were friends, and that's why they were here. Then when the Angels came, obviously the Dodgers went over to KFI for 17 years. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I never knew that. I never knew I, he was on 710. Mark, I didn't thank know he you. had a game show. I yeah. mean, if there Mark, was that's ever, great yeah. stuff, man. Thank you for all if, that. If there was ever a use for YouTube, somebody's got to find <laughs> that and, and put up some old Vin Scully game shows on YouTube. That's a, I, did, did you know that, no. John? No. I never knew he hosted a game show. I didn't know he Here's had a talk a good, show either. You know, he also had a great sense of humor. Here's um, there The Southern California sports broadcasters give out awards every year. And so one the year. Mason does a win. Yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> so one year, I'm up for like basketball play-by-play and and uh, on the radio. I'm up for radio play-by-play, and the category before me is TV play-by-play. And so they read the nominees, and the winner is Vince Scully, and he's sitting five feet from me. And he gets up and he he went to the awards. He went that this year, and he gets up and he says, the "Room's packed. There's like 500 people in the room." And he gets up and he says. Thank you, thank you for standing ovation. People are going crazy. He goes, every year I get my ballot for the Southern California sportscasters, and I look at all of the great and talented names on this list, and then 
I vote for myself. <laughs> <laughs> and he sits down. And then and, 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 and then Bob Miller gets up and goes, okay, our next award's radio play, 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 and the winner is John Ireland. And I get up and go, if you think I'm following that, you're crazy. And I sat down. I mean, he, he, he such a great guy. That's terrific. Here's Dan in Arcadia. Hey, no kidding. Hey, Dan. Uh, you're on ESPN LA. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Sure. I just uh, hope you find the highlight of uh, Roy Campanella night, 1959, which was on 710 KMPC, and uh, they made a highlight record of that season. And uh, his description of uh, the ceremony during Roy Campanella night is priceless. Okay, well, uh, hardly thank, ever thank, played. Thank you for yeah. that, Dan. We'll, we'll look for it. We'll Thanks. look for Campanella here in a minute, but we found It Takes Two. Is it on YouTube, Chris? Is that where we found it? Here, here it is. Vin Scully's game show, It Takes Two on NBC. This morning, she boarded a train and traveled all the way from Petticoat Junction. Meredith McRae. I'm usually sitting here with my husband, Greg Malavey, but I have a wonderful, wonderful substitute today, my father, Gordon McRae. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much, Marcy. He once went under the name of Guido Panzini, but we all wow. know him and love him. A good golfer, too, Mr. Pat Harrington. Schneider. <laughs> and I'm sitting here next to my lovely wife, Mrs. Greg Malavey. <laughs> The next introduction was written by Pat Harrington. This gentleman once gave the same performance for five weeks running. He wouldn't dare give it standing still. Gary Crosby. Wow. So it was like just a it was like a newlywed game yeah, kind of thing. Vin's got jokes, like you said. <laughs> yeah. Little one liners after you. Wow. What yeah, I'm sure tomorrow is gonna be like everybody's gonna pull out of the archives anything they can find. That's so cool. Um, well, you know, there's going to be—I mean, maybe not more game shows—but you know, he, he did it for 70 years. So well, I'm mean, sure the there's a million things that we right didn't now. know about that all of a sudden you're going to find. Whether it's a game show, a talk show, a, a, a call from a game that you know we, we'd forgotten because there's—we were talking right out of the shoot. We did Gibson, we did Hank Aaron, we've done all of these different things along the way, and we've barely scratched the surface of his. Well, how about calls. this? Okay, so you remember the Red Sox have gotten over their curse. They went 86 sure. years without winning a World series but they in 1986 they had it oh, all right yeah, I they had the mets and uh and all they needed to do was get through the last inning and they couldn't do it and here's a very famous call from vin involving former dodger bill buckner five five in a delirious 10th inning can you believe this ball game is shay Little roller up along first. Behind the bag. It gets through Buckner. Here comes Knight, and the Mets win it. If one picture is worth a thousand words, you have seen about a million words. But more than that, you have seen an absolutely bizarre finish to game six of the 1986 World Series. The Mets are not only alive, they are well. I mean, come on. 
There's just no nobody better. Nobody better. You know what I learned also as a kid in elementary here in Carson, California? Show tunes. Yeah, no, he he liked he liked a song and dance, a theater guy. Yeah, for sure. Show tunes and Broadway and. All that other stuff. I'm like, what are you talking about? But it made sense as I got older. So, All right. So, by the way, we mentioned in 2016, it was his last year, yeah. the city council voted to rename Elysian Park Avenue, uh, Vin Scully Avenue. Oh, yeah. There was a Vin Scully Day. Uh, Eric Garcetti presented Scully with the key to the city. That was the year he got the Presidential Medal of Freedom. I, You know, he had such a long and fruitful life. Um, I, I'm just glad we got him for as long as we got him. We got the over, right? Yeah. You, you got the over <laughs> got a lot for of, sure. We got a you lot got of bonus a lot time. Of it. And this is something that I don't think anybody thought any was gonna, anybody was going to call, Vince Cully or anybody else, a no-hitter in Coors Field. Here's oh, the yeah. Deo Nomo throwing a no-no against the Rockies. That's back in 1996, September 17th. Mm. And you know what's so great? Like, there, there's the, the very eloquent calls. In the year of the improbable, the impossible has happened. And then that one, got him. Just, yep. just absolutely short, sweet, right to the point. He could go, you know, poetic, and he could just go right to the point like that. Just so many different shots he had in his well, bag, and more. all of them awesome. Yeah, yeah here's Ray more. in Riverside. Hey, Ray, you're on ESPN LA. Hi. Hey, how you guys doing? Good. I-, I wanted to say some memories when I was a kid. Uh, my dad always used to take me and my great-great-grandfather, and he had Alzheimer's, and he would always – my dad would take him. He had his little headset on, and he was, he, my dad would put the game on for him. And we'd have the radio on as well, listening to bid and everything, watching the game there at the ballpark. And my grandpa would click in every now and then, and he'd look over at my dad and say, Chow Howard, because that's what he called him, and said, there's been Scully up there. And my dad says, yeah, Grandpa, that's him. And he said, he's the greatest. And then he would, like, click off. And he'd be gone again. And he'd be like, where are we at? Asking my dad. Uh, it was just, but those memories of going to the ballpark with my dad and my great-grandpa, those are, are something I'll never forget. All right, thank you, Ray, for the yeah, phone call. Appreciate, appreciate that, it. Ray. Um, so uh, I'm going to text chain with all the Laker announcers and behind-the-scenes guys, all the people in our truck. And I just got this from Stu Lance. Mm. Um. He was one that will never be seen again. He did the baseball schedule for 67 years. God bless him. (laughs) Stu's right. Stu and I, we have a grind. We have an 82-game schedule. We know, you know, if we do six in the preseason and then we do the playoffs, we might do 110 games. Mm -hmm. Vin did 162-plus playoffs every year for 67 years. I mean that's insane. And national games. Yeah, just and, and insane. And, call a and I know towards the end they golf. let him dial back a little, but still, that schedule. Like I, I'm telling you, I'm exhausted after 82. What's 162 going to do to you, you John, when you're 80? Uh, how old are you? 50 something. 59. Just turned okay, 59. 59. You got another. 30 years in you? No, sir. <laughs> I mean, that, that, that's what we're talking about, right? That was done five years ago. You're, yeah. you're, talking, you're talking about 30 more years, and you've been doing it for a long time. And- 
30 more years of living that life. But he was doing it by himself, too. The last years where he would do the simulcast, the first three innings. Tell me if you're on the radio in L.A., you're listening to that, and you're like, wow, he's painting a picture for radio and TV, yet you can't tell which one he's doing. It, and they're very different, except for when he was doing it. When when somebody's doing it on TV, it's for TV. When somebody's yeah. doing it on the radio, it's for the radio. When he would do the simulcast battle, you're right. You could listen to You're watching on TV. It didn't feel like a radio and broadcast. Also, and how many times have we watched, listened to a baseball game all over the country, and a guy is complaining about, oh, this is too long. Vin sounded like he wanted to be there every single inning, every single out. Like he was didn't want to be anywhere else in the well, world. Well, you know, Beto, that that is the one thing. What I when I talked to young broadcasters, I said the the skill you want to try and have is the great announcers. And Vin was a great example. Of this maybe the best example ever. It always sounds like there's no place they'd rather yeah. be than yeah. where they are. Yeah. You know, you you you're, you're just jealous. It's 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 naturally. You know, Bob Miller had it. Enberg had it. Chick had it. Vin had it. We've been so spoiled in Los Angeles. You know, if you grow up in different parts of the country, in Detroit they had Ernie Harwell, in St. Louis they had Jack Buck. We had got Vin Scully had them all. for sixty-seven years. Do you know how lucky we were? I mean, it it is. There's going to be a lot of sad people tonight. It, and there's going to be a lot of sad people tomorrow when when we do a lot of shows. I'm, I'm Mason and I are going to be at Rams camp tomorrow. I guarantee you. All the Rams guys will have yeah, thoughts on it for right, sure. Yeah. It, it's. It doesn't happen often. I know that there's celebrity, and, and when somebody famous passes, you have like, oh, I, I like their movies or their books mm-hmm. or whatever it might be, and it's one of those, that's too bad. This is different. This is this is yeah. far more personal. Usually when somebody dies, I'm that guy who says, you know what, don't put your picture of them on social media. Oh, yeah. you met them or, or anything. Oh, that RIP, you never met them. This is yeah. You know what, today, different. post everything you want because you may have never met them. But he met you. So we've played a lot of really good calls so far. We have a lot more coming up in just a little bit, too. We're going to hear some more great World Series calls, just the, celebrating the incredible life and career of Vince Scully. We're back with more on 710 ESPN in just a couple of minutes.